0: You're listening to Gruesome and Unnatural, a true crime podcast. Back to another episode of Gruesome and Unnatural. I'm Shelly.
1: and I'm Eric, and this is episode eighteen.
0: Happy Halloween, everybody!
1: Happy Halloween!
0: Yeah, finally,
1: super spooky day.
0: Yes, yes. Hope everyone eats a lot of candy and safe out there. And, and
1: drinks a lot of alcohol,
0: which we are definitely doing today.
1: <laughs> Adults, I mean.
0: Yes, yes, twenty-one and over. So yeah, we have a little Halloween murder for you guys today located in Ohio. So uh, yeah, before we get started, just, you know, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. It always helps this little podcast that we have going on here. So let's get into it. You ready?
1: Um, The murder happened on Halloween?
0: On Halloween, yes.
1: Ooh.
0: This is the Ohio Halloween murders.
1: Murders. Murders. Okay.
0: All right. So this story takes let's place. Let's do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry for interrupting, I'm just preparing myself.
0: Get ready. So the story takes place in Benton 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 Township, Ohio, where the murders took place in the Liskeys home. Living in this house was forty-six-year-old Susan Liskey, fifty-three-year-old William Liskey Sr., although he went by bill, twenty-three-year-old Derek Griffin, and sixteen-year-old Devin Griffin. So a little information prior to Susan and Bill's marriage in 2001. Um, Susan was born January 30th, 1964. She graduated from Oak Harbor High School in 1982, and then she went on to receive her associate degree from Tara Community College. She married her first husband, Gary Griffin, and had two sons, Derek and Devin Griffin. At the time of the murders, she was an office manager for Northwest Ohio Carpenter's Joint Apprenticeship and Training Committee. It's a doozy. She was a member of St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church, Oak Harbor. Susan had her son, Derek, on July 30th, 1987, and he later graduated from Oak Harbor High School, where he loved to run track, and he was just a very sporty kid. Her husband, Bill, Derek and Devin's stepfather, was born May 11th, 1957, and at the time of the murders, he was an ex-Air Force veteran. He had a son from a previous marriage as well. His name was William Liskey, Jr., but he went by BJ and he was 24 years old at the time of the murders. I couldn't find a lot of information about Devin or BJ, but I do know that BJ didn't live at the house with the four of them. He was actually living in a group home, which I believe was in Sandusky, Ohio. So not too far away from their home, I believe. Um, The Liskie's home. So he didn't live in this family home because the relationship between his father, his stepmother, and both his stepbrothers just, it wasn't the best. Like, like They always argue there's always something going on, so he just you know wasn't living there. He had a group home that he was living in. That so, sucks. I know, yeah. But we'll get more into that, and you'll see. You'll see what happened. So on the morning of October 30th, 2010, Bill took his son BJ to their family cabin in Carroll County to hunt for deer. Later that night, Bill brought his son back You know, after they went and hunted for deer, he brought him back to the home and they consumed a lot of beer. So it was at that point Bill decided that BJ could just stay the night because he didn't think that he was able to drive his son back to his home. So BJ was set up on the couch to sleep that night and the whole family went to bed. But that night, Devin was actually staying at his biological father's house, Gary, who had mentioned earlier. But he had to wake up early for church choir the next morning because he was also a member of the St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church Oak Harbor so the next morning on Sunday October 31st 2010 which was Halloween morning Devin wakes up early to go to his mother's house to get his clothes for church because he ex- you know he just left him at his mom's house and it- this is like super early before church and he runs into BJ's stepbrother which he thought was kind of odd he was like, super early in the morning and he didn't live there so he didn't really think anything of it and he got his clothes and he left to go to church After church, Devin returned home at about 9.30 a.m., and he just noticed that the house was really quiet. No one was awake, so he was like, ah, I'm going to go play some video games. So he runs up to his room, and he starts playing video games. It wasn't until around 1.30 p.m. that Devin came out out of his room. I'm sure, you know, playing video games for hours and hours, he was probably hungry or, you know, wanted to get something out of his room or whatever, so he left his room and he realized that still no one was awake and he thought that was super weird it's now the afternoon i mean when i was a teenager my parents or my mom or whatever you know my dad they're all like loud in the morning and you're like god damn it i'm yeah, trying to sleep sure. you know so it's like it's 1 30 in the afternoon and they're like you know he's like what the hell's going on so um yeah he goes to his mother and his stepfather's room to see if they were there because when he had got home he actually noticed that their car was in the driveway He opens the door and notices that they're both sleeping. They're still under the covers. So Devin's like, Mom? But there's no answer. He goes again, Mom? Still no answer. So Devin gets a little closer to the bed, and he sees his mom's foot is sticking out of the covers. So he kind of, like, shook her, but there was, like, no movement. So he thought that was really weird. So he lifts the covers off of his mom, and his mom's pillow is just covered in blood. So at this point, Devin actually thought that his family was just playing a prank on him, like a Halloween prank. He didn't think... Like anything was really happened to, you know, his mom or stepdad. So he's like, what the hell? And then he like finally realizes like this is not a joke. Like something's wrong with them. And he runs out of the house and he actually calls his aunt. His aunt arrives at the house and calls 911 for him. So when police arrive on scene, they went inside the house and they discovered Susan and Bill dead in their bed while Derek's room was actually locked. The police knocked down the door and found Derek dead, curled up on his bed with his back facing them and his face towards the wall next to his bed the autopsies later showed that bill was shot five times in the head and the face from a distance of one or two feet So that's really fucking close and susan was shot three times and was shot at close range as well so it appeared that susan was actually sexually assaulted before her death uh, Derek suffered from blunt force trauma to his head and most likely died within minutes They also found a bloody claw hammer, which was likely to be the weapon that was used on Derek. They started looking into everyone and anyone who would have wanted to kill them. And immediately they turned their attention onto BJ, the last person to see the entire family after they spoke with Devin about like what happened and what he saw that morning. Also, a neighbor reported hearing that she thought she had actually heard gunshots at 630 a.m. that morning on Halloween morning. So they went to go find BJ. He had disappeared. Their family card disappeared. So they're like, this is suspicious. You know, so police ended up looking into that cabin in Carroll County that his father had just taken him to go deer hunting. And sure enough, they fucking find him there. And they confirm this because in in the house when they went in there, there was a subway sandwich just like laying on the table, like not even eating or anything. And then they checked the security cameras from that subway. And sure enough, it's BJ getting a fucking sandwich and heading up to the cabin to go hide. They did arrest him and in court he pled guilty so he wouldn't get the death penalty pretty much and was eventually charged with six counts of aggravated murder and received three life sentences without parole. We're going to go back to that day. Remember when I mentioned that Devin actually ran into BJ at his mom's house when he went to go get his clothes for church and that's pretty much when he ran into him. BJ had already killed his parents or his mom, his stepdad and his brother at that point. You know, and he, he even said he was acting really unusual. He was like really outgoing and he's really talkative. And it's like he they just didn't have the best relationship. So he thought that was kind of weird, like looking back on it now, you know. So and yeah, and, De- and he, BJ just kept asking Devin, where are you going? How long are you going to be? And Just kept asking. He's like, dude, I don't know. And just like left to go to church that morning because yeah, he didn't really think anything of it. BJ. He had a very rough time with his father and his biological, you know, their divorced. his biological mother. When they got divorced, he just took it really hard. And he actually became suicidal for some time. In 2002, BJ threatened to kill himself. So his father, Bill, called the police. And when they showed up, he attacked the officers and ended up facing charges in juvenile court. So this is going back to why you were like, you said something early about...
1: Why is it a group home?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So this kind of is just showing you know why he doesn't live at the house and why he lives in this group home so in october of 2004 bj and his stepmom susan got into a fight and he hit her in the chest really hard i mean super hard and he two months later actually susan filed a felonious assault charge against bj because he hit her upside the head with a coffee cup took her car her car keys and then stole her car too wow yeah he just does not like this woman so, this charge was dropped because he was found incompetent to stand trial. And that's why, this is why they couldn't use the incompetent to stand trial during this murder trial because he definitely wasn't competent enough to stand trial. There was also a time when BJ attacked Susan while she was in the fucking shower. Like, this guy just hated her. Like, I just thought that was crazy. Like, in the shower, dude? That's like, what weird. the hell? BJ was diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder, bipolar type, in 2007 when he was 18 years old, so he was hospitalized. Neighbors would even report that he was torturing and killing their pets. Like, just around the neighborhood, he would go around, like, torturing and killing them.
1: Here comes a trifecta.
0: Yeah, right?
1: To become a serial killer, the trifecta. <laughs>
0: hmm hmm This kid, you know, he really had some issues, and these were all warning signs that, you know, potentially he could hurt himself or others, you know, in my opinion, so... This was a big reason why Bill took BJ on the hunting trip, because he thought having this, you know, one on one time would be good for his son. Like, you know, but it was less than 24 hours that he would murder his own father, stepmother and stepbrother. In 2015, BJ was found dead in his cell from a self-inflicted wound. How many times do we hear this? Yeah. <laughs> people will murder people and then kill themselves in jail. And he did the whole thing to not get the death penalty and then kills himself in jail. So I'm going to kind of end this episode with some facts about these three people that just didn't deserve to die whatsoever. So people describe Susan as having a big heart. She loved to camp, hunt, and garden. Bill was described as a loving father who loved to hunt, fish, and garden. They had a huge property, which was like 100 acres. So Bill really loved to spend his time on his property and just around his home.
1: Hunting, I I guess I would take you know.
0: Yeah, probably that too. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. You
1: know, acres. Exactly. A big piece of property.
0: Mm-hmm. Derek was a second degree black belt in Taekwondo, and he was believed, it was believed, sorry, it was believed that BJ killed Derek first, knowing that he was a black belt, he had a black belt, and that he wanted to make sure that he was dead first. Otherwise, he probably probably would have gotten his ass beat if you think about it. You know, if he's killing his mom or his stepmom and his dad and Derek hears it probably fucking whoop his ass you know so I'm, I'm assuming that's why he killed him first Derek loved to spend time on a sailboat and his father's inflatable dinghy on Lake Erie he loved to get up super early and go out there when the water was like super calm and I just like totally relate to that because like I mentioned earlier with the priceless pizza um, case like we would always go to Castaic Lake and it's like that was my favorite time like I sucked waking up early and how cold it was, but it's like once you got there and we were in our little boat and we we're just like ready to fish, like and so quiet and calm, like ugh, it was so much fun. I love that, so I can relate to that.
1: I was more like concentrated on catching a bass and
0: I'm just not calm. chill.
1: <laughs> I'm sitting there trying to put work in, hitting all the codes, drinking my beer on the boat, looking for my largemouth.
0: <laughs> oh man, okay, so I did find an interview with Devin. And I'm going to play that clip in a second. We're just going to kind of end it off in that way. Yeah. So, you know, Devin ended up di- get- getting married and they actually got married on his stepfather and mother's property because it was so big, you know, so I thought that was really cool. So, yeah. yeah. Now he's living a wonder- wonderful life, married, and I believe with one child. Very cool. Yeah. One sad thing, though. I did read or I think I saw it in a documentary. Just one sad thing? One. Just... I mean, the whole thing was yeah, sad, Yeah. but to add on to it. <laughs> Bill's sister, Sue, was actually killed the very next day when her detached garage was caught on fire. And some reason she just couldn't escape. And she passed away inside like that, that their mother and father just lost two kids like in two days. I thought that was crazy. It was pretty sad. So, yeah, that was the story of the Ohio Halloween murders. So um, thank you. Guys so for that,
1: that was hold on. Hold on. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> With all these stories going around like that, that I'm hearing from you that you torture me with in, on a daily basis, <laughs> the craziest ones are when the kids show all these signs like growing up of violence. They're diagnosed with different things like bipolar, schizophrenia. Totally. And they at the at the, like every single time they end up killing their family or other people.
0: It's crazy that you they wouldn't really see these signs and like... And um, what was it? Tyler Hadley. I think one of the neighbors like told his mom, like, aren't you afraid he's going to do something to you? And it's always like, they're always like, you know, they legitimately probably think that oh, my child will never do anything yeah. to me. Like I'm their parent, you know? And yeah. And then that it's not happens. even towards them.
1: They just, they, they're, they're developing that trifecta of becoming a killer, like that mm-hmm. I mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just like Dahmer, you know, like there's a million different signs of him growing up of all these things. Uh, it re- looks like it's a lack of love to me. Like a divorce doesn't really feel like, you know, a kid that's already going through mental problems. Definitely. I just hit your mic, but.
0: Yeah, and I didn't really read anything about um, it... BJ's mom. You know, it was just about his dad and his dad trying to have this good relationship. But for sure. His, his stepmom. And
1: and he was put into juvie and went to court for different things as a child, but everything got dropped because he was a child. And there's no other extra help. People are willing to get Mm -hmm. or give him. Yeah. You know, his family's got to do that. It's got to be so fucking hard as a parent to be like, oh, there's something wrong with my kid. He needs to go into like a mental institute or a hospital or something, you know, therapists. It's so hard to admit that probably.
0: That's so true. But
1: but when they ignore it, look what happens.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I'm surprised Susan wasn't like a little scared after all the shit that BJ did, you know, like to her. I'm surprised she was like okay with... Him staying there, you know, like yeah, I feel like or even terrified.
1: coming around at all if you've attacked three different times.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Like, like I, I
1: wouldn't want that around me. You know, like
0: hell no. Mm-mm. And
1: it, and if they he was around him, I mean, I would be right next to the kid. That
0: yeah, totally right. You know, it's it's
1: <clears throat> pretty. It's crazy that the black belt. uh What was his name? Derek. Derek. You don't hear any mentioning of like, oh, you, you know, he attacked my mom, so I fucked him up or something. <gasps> You're right. You know, that, that, it could have happened, you know, So the stories leave a lot of things True. out. And True.
0: Yeah, there's not a lot of information. That's why I couldn't find a lot of information about BJ, like when he was born or Devin, because they're still alive. So it's like, you know, when people get murdered or die, or it was a little easier to find that kind of information. But, But yeah, wow, I didn't think about that. I would, if I had a black belt, yeah, I'd be like, I'm going to fucking whoop your ass. You touch my mom like that. You fucking get, tack her in the shower.
1: Like, what?
0: Damn, I didn't even think about that. That's so true. So,
1: I guess what I'm trying to get at is the moral of this is look out for those signs. Not not like fucking zone in. No, yeah. Like, oh my God. Like every little fucking thing they do. Oh, serial killer. Yeah, 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 totally. It's more like, you know, if you start noticing things, you got to do something about that.
0: Yeah, take those things into a little more consideration maybe. Uh. like yeah for sure absolutely yeah it's scary it's scary that uh i mean he was 23 year old 23 years old bj when it happened so it's not like he was a teenager but still he's really fucking young so it's like yep. like what the hell like why go to the extent of like killing them just i don't know just don't go be around them anymore i don't know <laughs> like,
1: and they always have to mention th- something about them killing animals or their dad uh showing them hunting why yeah. is it all these hunt? They're getting a bad na- hunters are getting a bad name over all this yeah, I stuff. Know, you know? I know, it's like it, fuck. Yeah. I want to yeah. show my son hunting, and you, you know, he's fifteen.
0: Yeah, for sure. I get that. Yeah, I know.
1: So it's like, do I? <laughs> Makes me <laughs> question hearing all these stories. Yeah, but it's you know, to me, it's like a hunting, gathering, primitive thing that we do. And yeah, and I'm we have sh- done.
0: I'm sure it's a very small percentage of people, like young kids or whatever, that go hunting that are actually going to turn into fucking murders or killing anybody, really. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I would think so. I'd hope so. Well that's all. Well, oh, it was a uh, an interesting little insight of how you took this. I never even thought about a lot of that, but thanks for listening.
1: Yeah, watch your kids.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> hyper kids after all that candy tonight. So yeah, happy Halloween guys. Thanks for listening. We're gonna end it on that little clip I was talking about. And um Yeah, we're gonna get drunk tonight. <laughs> all right, stay safe, be aware. Happy Halloween. Love you
2: guys. I don't love you. Grief affects people in very many different ways. To me, it was no different than if somebody had died of a natural cause. It was it was just the next step. It was difficult for a while. My brother and I, we didn't have the strongest relationship. With that being said, I missed him a lot. I missed all the cool things my brother did, but When it came to when I turned 23, that hit me pretty hard too. It's like, now I'm officially older than he ever was. Devin went to the same high school as my daughters and we'd see him a couple times a year at different gatherings. And uh, Devin was always excited and we talked. Would surprise me at how well he was dealing with everything, but it really wasn't until I was invited to the wedding the wedding was actually at the farm at the Liski property. And uh, quite honestly, initially, I really thought, does he really want me there since I was there on the worst day of his life? But seeing Devin as happy as he could be with his new wife, really realized at that point that maybe I was a positive thing for Devin that day on, a, on a, such a terrible day, really made our relationship stronger. So I got married to my high school sweetheart and fortunately, my wife got to meet my mother, and she got to know her for over a year before this situation happened. She also stuck with me by my side and helped me very much uh, when I when I needed it. A lot of people hold a lot of resentment, and they they hold a lot of hate, which is a very very understandable feeling emotion. I just can't. There are many different ways to deal with grief and to deal with loss. I feel that if you have, in a situation like this, if you hold resentment, that you're just, you're just hurting yourself and being able to talk to somebody does help very much. It can let you breathe easier, let you express it better. A lot of people have a lot of resentment and a lot of hate and I don't think that's the right course to go down.